Welcome to Hatching Creativity. This isn't just another behavioral health podcast. This is the place where thought leaders converge to talk about real life challenges, breakthroughs, and pivotal aha moments. Thanks for tuning in to Hatching Creativity. In today's episode, I speak with Lana Seiler. She's a clinical manager at All Points North in Colorado, as well as the host of the Therapy Unboxed podcast. Today, we talk about the connection between mind and body and the importance of holistic care in behavioral health. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about the Hatching Creativity podcast. Can you tell a little bit about what you do relating to holistic treatment? Absolutely. It's, I th- it's a topic that I'm actually really passionate about. I think um, medicine as a whole, in some ways, is siloed. You know, we're looking at systems in the body and systems in the mind and systems in our soul, and we're sort of piecing it out, right? Like card- cardiology. And, and I think it's important to have specialists, of course. That's why we're innovative and we're wonderful at sure. doing what we do. And I think it's important to not lose sight of a human being as a compilation of systems that work together. You know, it's so funny you say that. Mm-hmm. My wife and I, we talk about this all the time. And Renee, if you're listening, it's never just one thing. Yes. It's never just it's one. It's never thing. just one thing. And that's life in general anyway, yeah. right? And everybody's looking for just, they like, if I could just do this, everything would be great. Yeah. You know? Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's a very important approach as well as the integration of physical and mental health, right? Like, why is it not a thing and why is it not more common? Right. These are the questions I'm also asking myself and asking in our industry. I think it's headed in a good direction. I really do. I believe that I'm optimistic. Um, I'm, I'm doing a presentation later today and one of the slides says there's no magic pill in a quote. And then it says all of us, all of us in this industry know that there's no one magic pill for anything. And we all say that frequently to our patients, to their families. And so um, one of the ways that it all points north that we're sort of like bringing in holistic care is not only is it like primary mental health, primary substance use. So we're looking at all these different elements that work together for patients. We also have 9X, which is uh, fitness, right? So bringing in like a very like tailored specific fitness programs to our patients to get them moving, get the blood flowing. You know, we've got yoga. I'm going to talk also in my talk about alternative treatments and alternative medicines that we aren't paying enough attention to that work really well, that we see anecdotally. There just isn't enough research being done to kind of bring it into more of the mainstream. If, if you were given a magic wand, right? How would you change it? How would it look to you? More communication. How? So like, if, I had, if I had a magic wand, we would have centralized information about patients that all the care providers have access to that's HIPAA compliant, obviously, so that if my patient goes to the ER, right, there's enough communication that they would know not to give that person maybe narcotics if they don't absolutely need to because they came from us, right? Or, yeah. or that we're in their history, right? And so there's, it's tricky because we don't want to, you know, want to make sure patients have control over their health care information. It's very important. And if I had a magic wand, there would be much more communication across all different spectrums of health and care, including medicine, including emergency medicine. Absolutely. Um, and, and it would go both ways. I mean, nothing would make me happier than to have one of my patient's primary care physicians call me and say, what are you, what are you doing with this person? Where are they in their therapy? 
right? It's so important. And, you know, the communication, especially when somebody's going into treatment during admissions, right? They're in crisis. They're not thinking about what am I allergic to? What contraindications are I have from any other medicine that I'm on, right? What happens? We don't know. And we're treating people with like part of the story and we're expected for them to get better. Not to mention, so this is a great example. The ACE study, uh, Adverse Childhood Experiences study, originated out of, out of an obesity clinic, right? And so that right there puts together these pieces. People are coming to work on their weight issues. And what they found was that there's so much of what was feeding into this weight problem was actually childhood trauma. And it doesn't help to just do like bariatric surgery or to get them on like a fitness plan and a diet plan because long term, they need to work on the underlying causes for these behaviors. And right. And I, you know, I th again, I think we're moving in the right direction. I think other people are talking about this. We just need to talk about it more. And we need to really like kind of break down these old silos that we ha that have been built up over years. Right. Where there's this separation. It's, it's, uh, I just had somebody on, um, just, a, just the last one we were talking about, you know, what came first, the trauma or the coping mechanism, right? Removing the coping mechanism isn't going to solve anything. It will solve you from maybe relying on that coping mechanism, right? But what ends up happening is they'll find another coping pick mechanism, up yeah. right? So it's, yeah, I agree. And, and I think the communication can be really important. Physicians are not always trained in drug-seeking behavior right? or they are going to be able to recognize when somebody right. really, maybe they're not seeing the whole picture. And physicians are not trained in behavioral health either. Right. And I know they're busy and I know that's not their scope. And so the more we can help each other. So I work on a treatment team right now. I'm fortunate. You know, I work in residential level of care and, you know, I have the, the luxury and the freedom of just reaching out to the doctors and psychiatrists that we work with. And so we see it work well in these types of settings. And there has to be a way to scale that to help it work well on a bigger scale. Yeah. It comes also to standardization. Yeah. And I get on that soapbox. I'm not going to right now, but there needs to be standardization around expectations. Absolutely. And, you know, these are all things that I, I think there needs to be and this is something NATAP should be doing, and maybe they are, and, and I'm not aware of it, but, you know, they really have a lot of ears yeah, and a lot of people that they can get in front of and talk about standardization of anything from, we look at, you can take a clinician who has different requirements, charting requirements. You're in Colorado, Colorado, Utah. Yeah. You have different charting requirements right. in different states. So... There, those demands are needing to be addressed, you know, as part of it. Yeah. So, look, we can go down this rabbit hole, and I think that we should definitely <laughs> reconnect on this. Yeah. Because there's just so much to talk about yeah. here. Thanks for tuning in to Hatching Creativity. We appreciate your support. Please don't forget to like and subscribe, and tell all your friends about the show. And remember, it's never just about one thing. <laughs>